Welcome back once again to the Lone Star Meeple Podcast. With me as always to my right is the Red Meeple, Alex. Hey, how's it going everybody? To my left we have the Green Meeple, Michael. Hey, howdy guys. And myself, the Blue Meeple, Sean. We are the Lone Star Meeple Podcast. Yay. All right. How's everybody Do- doing today? Good. It's, it's Together been a while again. since we, yeah. It has been a little while. Sorry, people in podcast land. We've uh, been a little lazy on our recording, I guess. Busy. The, We've been yeah, busy. Now that, of, now that work started. Yeah, yeah, work had started. Things were picking up again. Uh, all the weddings that I had to DJ are now getting rescheduled for around now, so I've been prepping a lot of that stuff. Oh, that's good. Finally working again. So, yeah, yeah. Busy, uh, busy. Homeschool, that's fun. Trying to uh, work full-time and homeschool full-time. Alex and I are both teachers. School's finally starting back up and we're doing it all remote, so that's been interesting. All right, so we do have a new segment uh, that we want to try out. We want to explain the games that are on our shelves, defend them, fight over them, or kind of give up on them, depending on the actual game you choose. So we're going to ask Sean to pick a game off of my shelf first. So Sean and Michael are going to kind of pick on me. They're going to pick a game, and I have to explain why that game is on my shelf. All right. All right, I'm actually going to, was it Mar- Mar- Mar Nostrum? Mar Nordstrom Empires. If you notice, I actually have two copies of that. I have that new copy over there, and I have the old copy over here. So the reason these games are on my shelf, I bought the old copy for like three bucks off of Wonkos. The new copy, well, it's new, so I figured it'd be better. But I haven't played them, so that, that that's actually my uh, shelf of shame or opportunity, depending on how you <laughs> look at it. Shame. Yeah. Shame. 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 But I hear they're really good empire building games. Someone recommended them to me. I got them on the on the cheap, so that's why it's still on my shelf because I haven't played it yet. I kind of figured as much because as many as long as you've been playing games, I don't remember that ever hitting the table. Yeah, it's so like mm. it's pretty new. I I think I got it right before the pandemic, so I hadn't had a chance to play. To get several people at the table. Yeah, yeah. It, it requires three to five, so minimum three. Oh, that sucks. All right, Michael, you wanna? All right, my little scythe. That game does not scream, Alex. Are so... you kidding me? Fighting, cute little tigers, minis. What part of that is not Alex? All of it. Oh, yeah, the cute little things. <laughs> Uh, it's a good entry game and it's utterly adorable. So I bought it. It wasn't that expensive. Um, I wish there was a little bit more grown upness to it, mm-hmm. but uh, really? unpopular, unpopular, unpopular opinion. House rules. Better than Scythe. Oh yeah. I was going to say, if you wanted more grown up, play regular Scythe. You no, that's, more. that's too boring, but so I remember we house ruled several things to make it a little bit better. Yeah, so you start with zero everything. <laughs> Instead of starting with just a little bit. Yeah, because I think you can start and make quests, uh, start doing quests. This way you have to gain some friendship before you start doing quests. That makes sense. Um, you start with zero pies. So we just made it a little bit harder, a little bit more grown-up-ish. Are you going to get the expansion when it comes out? I think there's airships it, in it's the already, expansion. It's already one airship. One airship? It's one airship. Oh, they got to share it? Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else to say about that one? All right. So, Sean, do you have another game you want to ask about? Let's move it to Michael's shelf. Well, I think it's it's me. Oh, we're just we're just picking on you? The just, Estates. The Estates. That's another one. I don't even... Don't ask Scott about that one. Did so, you steal that from Scott? No, no. Scott does not like it. He, it was It was mean to Scott. 
So that game is a game I actually got in a trade from our friend over at Meeple Realty, Thomas Hung. Oh, yeah. He traded it to me. I knew nothing about it. Uh, it's an incredibly mean and brutal bidding game. So it has a close economy. Every person ha- starts off with like $18 million and you're trading in millions. So it's really like $18. Mm-hmm. You're starting a bid. If you lose the bid, you pay the person who won the bid. No, the winner of the bid pays the, yeah, the, last, per- the last person to bid. So there's a little dynamic there. And then what I really like is there's three rows where you're building, but only two of them are going to score points. One of them is not. That's going to score negative points because you didn't finish building it. So you can really, really upset people like Scott who who lo- loses lots of points. And then only like the person who builds the top floor gets the points. So, so you could build like the I get three reds in a row and that's going to be mine. But then someone put a build- black on top and score the black yeah. ones and all that work for me is out the window. Yeah, and then you're, you're trading the stocks. It, it turned out to be a perfect Alex game. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm keeping it. It's mean, a lot of player interactive uh, interaction. Um, yeah, that's why it's still on my shelf. See that, folks? I was right all along. Alex is mean. He just admitted it. <laughs> ha! I, I like a little a take that. from anybody. That's it. I'm not going to lie. I like a little take that here and there. My go, one more. One more? The Guardians Explore. <laughs> is it wow. Does he have the signed copy, though? Wait, does he I have, have the signed copy? That is a signed copy by the creator. I have a signed copy by the creator as well. Yeah, you have it. It's on your shelf, too. It is. He is actually a friend of mine, or we are friendly. He, when he lived here in Austin, he was a local create developer here in Austin. I met him. We played games several times. I bought a copy to support, because I support local businesses, and it's still there just as a memory of my friend. All right. That was fun. Next week we'll look at my shelf and then we'll probably jump over to Sean's shelf as well. Uh, going on our theme that we've been doing the past couple episodes is we're going to talk about a different mechanic or different mechanism of a game. And we're going to talk a little bit about the that mechanism with a whole bunch of different games and some games that just do it uniquely. This time we're going to talk about deck builders. So I definitely, this is love deck building. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to me one of those mechanics that shows a growth in power. So Dungeons and Dragons, for example, you start off as a level one wizard with no spells. You become level 18 and you have all the spells and can blow up dragons. To me, deck builders really show that. You start off as... Not very much. Yeah, you start off with a really basic deck that you can't buy anything. And by the end of the game, you're doing like 60,000 actions because you have... (laughs) All the combos uh, put together really well. Yeah, but I, what I kind of like about it too is I've, I've played a lot. Deck building is one of my my favorite. But over the over time, like how you always say you like Deck Builder Plus, I'm kind of like the same way. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of started with Deck Builder Plus stuff. And yeah, well, I started the first with the granddaddy of them all, Dominion. Dominion. I mean, I okay, play... before we get into any games, let's just kind of define what a deck builder all is, right. uh, just in case someone's listening and they don't know. So deck builder, everyone starts with a basic hand of usually 10 to 12 cards. And they're all very similar and just very basic in powers. You're going to be able to do one thing, draw, uh, maybe buy something, maybe attack something. But it's just very, very basic. But one of the actions on your turn is you can buy one more card 
or add one more resource to that deck that you have. And throughout each round, your deck is actually getting bigger and bigger, hence de- building that deck. Um, so let's clarify the difference between uh, like a game like Magic, where you build the deck before coming into so the game. So that's deck construction. Yeah. You're going to come in with a pre-built deck of 60 it's, cards. And then the difference between, for example, Century, Spice, or Concordia, where you even though you are taking cards... It's not necessarily considered a deck builder because you're not shuffling them. There's not that randomization well, factor. Hold on, Century Spice. Ta- you do you, you get all these new cards, the and big, once you reset, you kind of shuffle them together, and then you don't you, shuffle them together. That's why you have you, them all. all you the always time, have right? every one of those actions available. There's no randomness in that, except for how they're coming out. But it's those games are more action selection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those those games don't wouldn't fall under this particular. You're just gaining more and more actions throughout the games. Yeah, and to kind of clarify a bit too, in case someone doesn't know, the way that you would typically buy these cards is the cards that you have will usually have some kind of resource on them. And well, they're multi-use. Yeah, and so that, they'll have more than one resource. Like There might be like money to buy things, and then there's also an attack power. So you can buy a thing of worth two and smack somebody for one with this one card. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. So, All right, so th- you were talking about the very first deck builder game. Yeah, so the granddaddy of them all is, of course, Dominion. I think that's in 2008's Dominion. But like Sean said, this is what I would call a vanilla deck builder. Mm-hmm. It's very basic. The problem, I, the problem I have with Dominion is that there's a path to winning. It becomes like a race. It is based, absolutely a race. Based on the cards that are chosen, you should know the path that you're going to take. And it's a race to see who buys the path fastest Mm -hmm. the best thing about dominion though well uh, is there's a lot of expansions and you will never play the same game twice so what you said is you have to find the path and the fun of dominion is finding that path there are 10 10 small decks of cards on the table those are the only ones you're going to get the entire game you have to figure out how they work together the best way which cards to buy which cards to stay away from in order to thin your deck to make maximize it to gain those actions to get the victory points to win the game. I agree. And the expense, I, I played it three, four times. Uh, I also don't like the theme very much. It's a very generic there's, theme. There's no theme. There's no theme. There's, there's pictures just, on the cards, and that's yeah. that's the end of the theme. I hated Dominion. <laughs> you know what it was? My problem was I played Dominion, like, a couple of years after I was already playing other deck builders. So it was oh. such a step backwards and, like, one of the people that I played with was the one who's trying to quarterback the whole time. It goes, no, no, you don't want to buy that. You want to buy this and then buy this because then if you can get that. I'm like, J- okay, so I just, what? Again, there's that path. And people once people realize the combos, uh, that's uh, also one of the biggest problems with deck builders. Because someone who knows the cards is waiting for those cards to come out. It's mm-hmm. going to pounce on them. Will always have the biggest advantage over the person who doesn't. Mm. And that's Dominion, and, and there's like 15 expansions for it. They add a whole bunch of cards. I think my brother's one of the people that have all of them, and he just had collected them in a three-ring binder um, with the little baseball card sleeves and just puts yeah. each of the decks in there. And it's fun to play every now and then, but again, I played it a lot when it first came out and enjoyed it because it was something new and different. But like we've said, Deck Builder Plus. I love the Deck Builder concept. I just want a little bit more than buying cards and selling cards, which I think we should probably start our list talking about a couple games that are just basic 
deck builders and you're using well, the deck of cards and sometimes they do things differently so uh well there's the first we one... need to make a distinction because there's basic deck builders that are very thematic for example uh, since we're mentioning games marvel Le uh, legendary yeah you know extremely thematic you have the buffy legendary you have aliens, you know, aliens predator, versus predator uh the one um chinatown um oh big trouble in little china Little big yeah trouble china. there's also the brown coats the what? Oh, there is the Firefly one. Firefly. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of the name. I was like, Bro I know it's Broncos. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot there was a legendary. Um, so there's there. so there's those, but I would still say that those are basic, basic themed deck builders. I don't know. There's more to it than just buying the cards because you're in Marvel Legendary. It's one I've played the most. Is you are sp half your action is recruiting new people to your deck. Well, it's it's cooperative. Cards. It's, it's a little bit different. But then the second part of it is you have to fight the bad guys. And that's how you're playing the game. The whole game is creating good heroes in your hand, building that team or building that deck in your hand to fight the bad guys. And there's a bunch of little bad guys and minions that are coming out, but there's also a big bad that you're going to have to fight. And you're going to have to recruit lots of good heroes and be able to go through your deck really well. And again, that one has a whole bunch of expansions too, so you're not going to play the same game twice. Without right, but I'm just saying that that is still just deck building. As opposed to, for example... Tyrants of the Underdark, where it's area control risk with deck building, or mm -hmm. Clank, which is a race with deck building. That's what I call deck building plus, All right. where deck building is part of something else. But as you can see, deck building is a very versatile, <laughs> gets worked into a lot of different things. That's kind of why it's always been one of my favorites, because I get to see, like, there's a, a couple of games on my list I'll talk about a little bit later, but the way that they use that mechanic... And a lot of games will use use it like a deck building mechanic, but in a really unique way. That you're like, huh, that's like your deck building, but this is like kind of a twist on it, which is which is always interesting to see. Right, and then there's other twists. For example, bag building. I would I would categorize bag builders and deck builders exactly the same thing. It's just yeah, the way they randomize it is a cube and a bag instead of yeah. A card and so and a deck. if you don't know what a bag builder is, it's instead of cards, there's cubes, and each cube means something different. But depending on the color, mm -hmm. you throw those in a bag, shuffle them up, draw a cube. That's the draw for the turn. Uh, sometimes it's also chits. Like in Orleans, there's workers that right. you're putting all the workers in the bag. And as you pull out the workers, you pull out six workers. And these are the ones I get to do something with. All right. So let's go through our list of games. We've already kind of talked about the legendary system. Um, do any of the other legendary games do things different than the Marvel, or are they just basically just reskins of that one? Because I've only really played the Aliens, and it well, I played played Buffy. Aliens really well, and it felt like I was in the Alien movie. But it was some bad guys coming out, and then some good guys that you had to. The only they're, other one I played was Buffy. Yeah, I mean they're mostly the same. I mean with just a new they they put little things in it to make it unique. So like the Buffy one has like a light and dark track. Uh huh. Where, like, the Aliens one has, like, the, you know, things are hidden and you have to, like, scan to see what's there. Mm -hmm. So, like, they, they put little twists on them to make them more, th to make the game more thematic toward what they kind of skinned it with. But the general premise is the same. There's a line of bad guys across the top. They keep trucking along. They may take, you know, hostages or prisoners or something. And then you have to kill them or otherwise you're going to get overwhelmed. And then there's, um, I'm not sure if all of the legendaries have this, but, like, and this synergy cards. This one's... Uh, yeah, and this one's also the legendary systems tends to be mostly cooperative. Yes, so that's that's a big difference right there. And what I played a long time ago is the DC deck builder game, 
And I remember that one not being not cooperative. No, it's not cooperative. It's very competitive. But thematically, it doesn't make sense. Um, but it's fun to see all the DC heroes and mm. all that. And it plays very similar to the Marvel ones, where there's some bad guys that you have to come out and hire the good guys. And... Right, but it's not... It's not... Um, it's it's not... Right, but it's not cooperative, it's competitive. Yes. So you have... Each card has a point value, and depending on which one you kill, it's how many points you mm-hmm. get, and whoever has the most points at the end wins. Another big difference, and this is something I don't like about Legendary and Dominion, it's you're picking sets of cards to play with. Yeah. The DC one is you shuffle everything together. So every expansion, you just keep shuffling and you're making a big stack. You're just making a big stack of, they're all all the cards go together, and there's a market of five as opposed to a market of like, the 10 cards you can buy for the game. Well, I, I actually kind of like that Legendary does that because it's almost like it it tailors each game like you're doing a specific mission. So you can say, I'm like, okay, listen, well, this one, I want to fight this as the boss, so we have to have these are his minions and mm-hmm. that adds this rule to the game. And oh, so, it it kind of makes the game a little bit more unique. All right. So for the Legendary system i'll agree that it does add something a little special like you said but usually i don't like that because you're picking it, it makes setup a little bit more oh, and taking oh, yeah. and <laughs> taking it apart a lot more than just shuffling a big deck of cards yeah. setup together because i have everything separated anyway so i could just yeah. pick 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 okay cool but yeah breaking it down and putting it all back is yeah awful. that's but that's awful and annoying one of the fun things to do is replay movies because after infinity war came out i was like all right thanos and then i picked all i picked some all the heroes that died mm-hmm. i was like all right Y'all are gonna, y'all are gonna go fight Thanos, and we played the game with the people who all Thanos snapped away. Spoilers if you haven't seen that one. Dude, <laughs> sorry. Just come on, man. Dude, it's been like three years. It's oh, fine. But... to you, but I'm the one who got snapped away. <laughs> <laughs> and then so just I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And then you know what? Everyone he snapped away was able to kill him in my game of Marvel Legendary. But in other games, I don't like that where you choose decks of cards and you have like a giant market. Mm-hmm. I personally prefer the shuffle everything together see what comes up because that randomization factor to me adds a lot to the game will this card come out and will it come out on my turn yeah yeah well it's more you're you're basing it off of i need to do the best and make the best decision with the options i have available to me right now exactly yeah there's no like okay well i kind of know like you know i want to try to hold out and get more of these so they're there so in the other type of games it's like you look at what the market is and you can already plot what you're going to do the other one is more tactical these cards came out now i have to buy one of these cards and make a choice based on the what's happening in the here and now yeah there's one there's a a deck building game i think uses the same system that i forget what the name of the system that the dc deck builder uses it's actually got a name to it i forgot what it was i have no idea yeah i i forgot but there's a a street fighter deck building game that came out there's actually a deck builder for everything. There's a Naruto deck builder. There's, there's a, a Dragon Ball Z deck builder. Is it really? There's there's like really, but they're really generic. And they use they're, that basic system where yeah, it's we're just gonna a get basic, some cards. We're gonna mix them there's together. There's four. There's usually like four suits. They synergize together. So if you buy all red cards, they synergize really well together. Some of the blue cards might, and it's just generic art from the game. And I'm being attacked by Xander. Again, if you want to see him attacking. Go to their Twitter page. 
Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> uh, also, have y'all played Aeon's End? This one does do something a little bit different. I think we played it once. I think we once. played it once. I I've never remember. actually seen it on the table. So. Like, I kind of remember this. It's the one that was like, had like, the gates or something. Yeah, like it had gates. But the really interesting thing, as opposed to other deck builders that this one does, is whenever you buy a card, you put it at the top of your deck. So it's going to be the next card. So you can actually buy the card that you need for the next round to do your combo or whatnot immediately. Yeah. So, so to, to rewind that a little bit, I don't think we ever actually said that typically in a deck builder, when you buy a card, it goes into your discard pile, so you don't get it right away. And right. You sh- you shuffle it once all. Once you've run out of cards in your deck, you shuffle the discards mm-hmm. for your new deck, which is now slightly a bit bigger, and hopefully the more powerful cards are going to come out in the right order and at the same time. Yeah. Or the correct yeah, that, time. That always helps. You always get the card you need at exactly right the right time. It. But yeah, Aeon's End is a little bit different because of that. It's also cooperative, and it's like there's a giant monster, and you're trying to kill the monster. And there's some gates that you can only shoot the monster when the gates are open. So you kind of have to maneuver and shoot through the gates um, to be able to do damage to the monster. Yeah, I I remember it being kind of interesting. I'm actually curious to play. Do you still have it? No. Yeah, right. (laughs) I guess it was a memorable experience. Um. Another one that does something unique with the cards is Valley of the Kings. Um, this is a very Egyptian-themed game. And one of the things that it feels like a deck built, just a generic deck builder as you're playing through the cards, there's some set collection and stuff. But the unique thing about this one is the only way card scores if you entomb them. So a lot of the cards have an entomb action with a, a value, so entomb one or entomb two. And that's where you take the card out of your deck and you like do a permanent discard for it, and it's in your tomb. So at the end of the game, the only thing you're going to score are the things in your tomb. But the thing is, every card has an action while it's in your hand, and then an entomb value. So those ones that have really nice entomb values also have pretty good actions that you don't want to discard and put in your tomb till the end of the game. So there's like a little push your luck. When do I put this in my tomb? Are you going to end the game soon? And there is a deck of... Um, the cards come out in a pyramid. Mm. So... When the card comes out, it hits the top of the pyramid and then collapses down to the bottom of it. So you see the cards that are coming, and you know if I take the bottom corner card, the next person line is going to get the one that falls into that place. I don't want him to have that one, but I want the one below it. So there's also that push your luck of who's going to take which card and when. So the fact that the cards come out in a pyramid, there's an entomb action there too, it makes it pretty unique. Yeah, I remember when I played, I think I played that game twice, and the first time I didn't... Oh, I think I waited I was, too long. Oh, yeah. To I did horrible things. the first time I yeah, played. Yeah, I got wrecked. I was like, I got time. this great deck. I'm doing all the things. And, like, it's done. I have, like, two cards in two. And I'm like, well, yeah. I guess I lost. Yeah, I got stomped the first time I played that game. And I was like, uh, what did I do? I was like, oh, okay. All right. I got you. All right. Next time. Next time I'll be a little bit more. <laughs> and I played two or three times after that. And it, I did better. I was like, okay, make sure to entomb and buy some cards that let you entomb. Even though that tower seems weak, that's how you win the game. Hmm. All right, uh, another deck builder that's kind of incredibly famous. Actually, they just made another Kickstarter. They recently had a Kickstarter for a tactics version of this game is Ascension. Have you all played Ascension? I have a long time ago, and the people I played with had played a lot. So, so you got your butt kicked real bad. I got my butt kicked real bad. And then I've never really played it very much since then. So yeah. I played the app a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't actually play the card version of it. But it's like someone said... Hey, I really like magic, but I hate deck construction. 
I'm gonna turn it into a deck builder. <laughs> That's the feeling I get because it's a yeah. two player. It's a two player versus game. Each person starts off with twenty. I thought it was played no, four players. Yeah, I played it with like five when I played it. Yeah, really. I yeah. usually. Only, and there was the I've market you could buy yeah, it from that felt very yeah. It felt and it because it, 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 to me it almost felt because a you're bit attacking like, people so yeah you attack I think you attack monsters. monsters. Well, we're attacking each no, other. you're not attacking monsters. The point of the game is to kill the other person. You might have been playing uh, some sort of variant on it. I don't know. I only played it once, and I was usually maybe you're playing a variant on the app. Well, the app only plays two players. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah. One thing I do remember about this game ah. is that you could upgrade the cards. So like when the cards in your hand, there's things you can do to upgrade it. And the person I was playing with, he had sleeves for them all, so he actually like was able just to turn the cards around in the sleeve. So now that I've upgraded this one, he's now just a little bit stronger, a little more I, powerful. I feel like we're confusing games. Ascension? Ascension. Ascension. Asc- Sean, do you recognize things I'm saying? There's also like eight different versions of Ascension, so it's very possible yeah, I mean, we are I talking about different when games. I played Ascension, it might be, I played it might be, I don't remember. I don't remember anything about it. Hold on, real quick. Raise your hand okay. if you've ever owned this physical copy. All right, none of us are raising our okay, hands, so <laughs> we might be completely right or completely wrong, but eh, Ascension, that's a deck building game. Yeah, feel free to call us stupid in the comments. <laughs> that's fantastic. But no, seriously, like I remember when we played Ascension, I played it at Wonko's, and it was with like a four other people we played a big group game mm-hmm. there was attacking involved i don't remember what the box looked like he showed me a picture of the box like i'm gonna remember that it was like a year and a half ago oh yeah and i haven't played in many years this is one of the first games that when i was getting back into hobby gaming after my divorce that i was able that i sat down and played several times so there's lots of little bits of it that i don't remember very much yeah i just remember not being thrilled with it because it was it was still kind of basic kind of generic and there's a, like, a good fantasy theme on it it felt like a fantasy but it just yeah yeah i was like if given like other things that are available i'd I would probably wouldn't pick like it has, it has a lot of positive. synergy oh, shut up. <laughs> a lot of the cards synergize in it uh it's it's the basis of that hero realms deck builder mm-hmm. was it the of. basis of hero realms kind of like it's the star at the star well star realms it's, hero it's, realms it's is basically well, star realms same, same thing yeah but yeah this is a this is a mostly two player Designed by Magic the Gathering Pro Tour Champion. So pretty much it is Magic the Gathering. Yeah, and he played Dominion. He's like, I could do that. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, one of the games on our list that's Deck Builder Plus is Trains. This is the game that I ultimately didn't really like very much. Just because it just felt a little slow to me. But it was a deck builder. You have your starting hand of deck. And there's a market to buy from. But one of the things that this one did was... As you played the um, cards down, you started building a track on the board, and you're wor- and you're trying to work on getting the best track on the board as you're laying your cards, and you had to worry about waste or rubble or something like that, where there's a negative thing that as you're playing the game, and you're so you're getting trash cards in your hand and having trouble getting through them. So there's good thinning of the deck, as well. Culling is what a lot of the games call it. Yeah, I don't think I played Trains with you. What's the one that we the bet? Oh no, it's automobiles. Automobiles. That's is there, uh, a, back, is there that, a planes one too? There is a planes. There's trains planes, and automobiles, but yeah. plane or trains and automobiles are a deck builder bag builder. Uh, trains is a different game, uh, right. so we won't talk about it today. But automobiles is on my list because I do enjoy that one quite a bit. I'll say yeah, I think that one, that one was fun. I, I thought I had trains. Maybe I, I don't think I've ever seen you own trains. I had trains. So another one that we have on the list is Arctic Scavengers. And this one kind of takes the deck... This one is another one that adds like a little twist onto it. So it's 
Same concept, you know, you have your market of cards out there, except these are now, they're like people that you're trying to bribe to come to your to your camp. This is like a post-apocalyptic, it's winter time, and, you know, you're, you're just trying to scavenge and survive, so you're trying to bring people into your encampment that will, I guess, add value to it, and they have certain skills and certain abilities and things. The unique thing about it is it's one of the games that limits the amount of cards that you can buy. So on your turn, you could only buy one card. So that one card, like you need to make sure that what you're getting is going to be, you know, effective for what it is that you're trying to do or what it is that you need. But then like the little twist that they put on it is after I think every couple of rounds, there's like this war with each other, like all other players. So you have to hold some cards back to participate, but you also have to use cards to, on your on your turn to do actions and to get resources and to do other things. So you're always trying to find this balance of Okay, if I do all this now, I'm going to perform really poorly when it gets to that little, like, battle that we have. But I really need that card. Uh, so you have to try to, like, balance those decisions. Uh, mm -hmm. They have a, a master set for now. It's called something else. It's not called a master set, but it's... It has the expansions It's in got it. both expansions in it, yeah. Like a big box. Yeah, and the expansions add a couple of really cool things to it. Like, the expansions add, like, buildings into it and construction, uh, things that you kind of put up to the side. And, it, you know, on a timer, it says, okay... You can put cards to it to make it build faster, or it'll just build on its own, you know, throughout the course of, um, you know, throughout the course of playing the game, just slower. So it's, again, it's another way you have to think to try to use your cards to see, like, hey, do I want to spend this to build this thing faster? Do I want to hold it for the, the battle? So there's a lot to think about in that game, and I think mm -hmm. it was only seven rounds, eight rounds. So it's I, don't know, I played it with time. you a couple times, and it was one of those that's like, "Hey, this is really interesting," and we enjoyed it, but it just got lost. And yeah, I think I wound up selling it because I mean, you can honestly, if you wanted to buy it, it's so cheap. I think you can find it on Amazon for like. 20 and I remember bucks. it being really fun. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a fun game. We play a lot of new games, and it yeah, got lost. That, that's kind of why I wound up with. Uh, I think I sold it when we did the flea market thing. Yeah, yeah, but if I ever wanted to rebuy it, honestly, it's not an expensive game. So if I really get in the mood, I could just buy it for twenty bucks, and then I can always find someone to sell it to. Yeah. In my brain, I always confuse that one with Fifty First State for some reason. I guess because they're both post post apocalyptic. The, yeah, think of Fifty First State. Well, obviously the games play a lot differently, but like yeah, Fifty First State theme is, is there though. <laughs> yeah, post apocalyptic, but not in the winter time. Right. That's mm -hmm. why. I, in my brain, it takes me a while to think and process and be like, oh yeah, Arctic Scavengers. I know that one. Yeah, Fifty First. I like Fifty First State. All right, another one that I remember enjoying a lot. It's a Kickstarter that you got mm -hmm. called Path of Light and Shadow. Yeah. So it definitely has that Kickstarter. But what I really enjoyed was um, that uh, that Kickstarter. Deck building. Deck building aspect to it. But what I really enjoyed is each land had its own deck. And mm -hmm. certain people. There were people from that land. There were people that from deck. that land. And when you wanted to upgrade them, you'd have to go to that land to upgrade them and get their better version of the same guy so maybe the base version would give you one resource the upgraded would give you two and then you get the master that gave you five of the yeah same. there's like a train action you can do to make them even better yeah but then like you go to a land to battle because there's an area control aspect of that game as well and when you go to the land to battle at the end of the war you get a free card from that land so you you're hiring people from that land to be in your army. Right, and you're moving around, and then it had those really cool towers mm -hmm. that you stacked up, and whoever controlled the towers, the people getting points. This is the one that had, like, the board, too, and also, like, that hex, like, tile board. It's not a hex board. It's uh, more of a risk or just a fantasy-themed, just generic 
This sounds familiar. Mets. I think I've played it with you once. It sounds kind of familiar if I'm thinking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. We Again, it's one it. of those where the setup was horrible because you have to separate all the cards. All the decks. And, it was and, a lot of fun. We should play it more, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Jonathan Gilmore signed it for me. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Gilmore. Um, one really silly one that I've put on here, it was a like a $2 one that I got from a game I needed to fill my card at Metro Market. Deck Building the Deck Building Game. It's a two-player deck building game where the theme is you are building an outside deck for your backyard. And oh, it's 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 real bad. It's real bad. Don't waste your money on it. But I mean, you start your basic hand. You definitely get your money's worth on that one. Yeah. (laughs) You just it's your basic hand is just bad wood, and then you're buying better uh better lumber, and then to you play the lumber as part of your deck, and you're building a tableau in front of you, and then you can stain it by putting chips on top of it. Eh, putting railing, making whoever has the prettiest deck for their backyard wins. You know, whenever we, we review games or talk about games like this, I always imagine someone getting really upset. What? You didn't like that game? I made that game. That... I spent 10, 15 minutes making that game. Not even that. Like <laughs> some, Someone that who, who's like a huge fan of Deck Builder, the Deck Builder game. is like, how could you not like that game? Yeah, right, watch. There's probably going to be like whole like Reddit communities that are <laughs> no, I'm gonna, all into I, this. I pulled it out because I want to apologize to the designer, but his name is not even on the box. So I wouldn't put my I, name I on the box. I feel less bad about either. that now. <laughs> but uh, if you're interested, <laughs> if that sounds familiar, Greater Than Games. Yeah, two player, 15 minutes. Well, I guess if it's just a 15-minute, like, all right, it's 15 minutes, let's just, you know, build some outdoor patio furniture and then call it a day. And- I remember they also made a trader mechanic, the trader mechanic game, where there's a car mechanic that is trading things, <laughs> and there's another one, a hidden, uh, was a hidden movement, hidden, I don't remember what it was called, but they had three or four games, like, in the same uh, realm of, we're going to just put a mo- uh, mimic on the parody of the mechanic mm. and make it the theme yeah i so, mean it's 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 one of those novelty things yeah, it's exactly what it was like, it filled, oh, it right, filled my cute. cart got me free shipping i've played it a couple times oh i've done that a couple times but i'm like i'm miniature market and i'm like oh god i'm spending 94 dollars all right I, I have to be able to find something for six bucks because the shipping is already at this point like 10 or 12 bucks <laughs> so i might as well just find something for six um, okay, so we have bag builders next. Unless we're, are we just gonna skip the ICP deck builder game? I think he should talk about it for his personal list. He didn't put it on his personal list. So why would you not put ICP? You can include it here we on can your just personal skip it. list. Your That's call. you. I figured you were holding out as like a you know like a, explain that game as like a game of shame for me. We can do. That oh, it's week. definitely <laughs> a game of shame for you. <laughs> so to the, you know, so yes, there is an insane clown posse deck building game called the, it, Into the Into the Echo Side. Echo Side. I honestly and, think and deck yes, building the deck building game is a better game. Yeah, it's smart. <laughs> well, I, hold on. Uh, Maybe uh, not. <laughs> It's a very vanilla deck building game. That that's really it. If you like Insane Clown Posse, which I, I do happen to listen to Insane Clown Posse, which is funny when I when I moved here and I told Leslie like when I, she I'm like hey listen we gotta go to San Antonio you know you know we got this uh, ICP's playing a show and her first response was you still listen to them because <laughs> I think we were 15 when I first started listening to them so that was like in 1995. So it was like, yeah, it was, she was like, you still listen? And then she, she bought it for me too. Also, to be fair, my fiance bought me the game. So it was a so gift. I am required to keep it. But it's also, it's it's a vanilla deck builder. I like the artwork on it. You know, Alex doesn't like it, but I also like real creepy, dark things because I'm weird. 
It's not even creepy and dark. It's just dumb. It's not dumb. It's guys with black and white makeup. It's dumb. Yeah. So Kiss was guys with black and white makeup. You're going to say they're dumb? Not to their face. <laughs> but yeah, yes, but Kiss, I, I only... Kiss was like in the 60s. Wait, is there a Kiss deck building game? Probably. Probably. Okay. I, I would if there's an that. insane clown posse deck building game and a deck building deck building game, there's got to be one. Yeah. For, yeah. But yes, I, I do in fact own the insane clown posse deck building game. Okay. So I did say automobiles was on my personal list, but it's not. It's just the first one under the bag builders. So I'll talk about that for just a second. Um, so it's a car racing game, and that um, it's a deck builder plus. So one of the things that you're doing is uh, buying things for your car and your pit crew, and you're throwing cubes in a bag. And as you pull the, I think you pull seven cubes out of your bag, and there's different gears on the map. It's like white's the slowest, and it goes light gray, dark gray, black, and black is the fastest. Like one black space is equivalent to ten white spaces. So if you're able to get it into fourth gear, you could fly around the track. But the thing is, there's not very many of those spaces, so they don't. A lot of the black spaces don't touch. So you have to get lots of different colors, be able to get around the corners and things like that. But there's also boost you can do and turbo and there's four or five different colors and each color comes with a small deck of cards. So the green one, green cubes are going to act differently in each game depending on which cards you pull out to have them do that. Um, and then you can use the cubes as their action or you can use their each one that also has a value attached to it. So I can use the green card as the boost or if I'm really not super useful in that turn, I could use it for the three money it gives me. So I can buy more cubes to put in my bag. Yeah, I remember I played this with you a few times. I like this one. This one's a fun one. I, I like that it comes with cards that like change what the cubes represent mm -hmm. every game. So the cubes are always the same cubes, but they represent different things based on the cards that you get. Yeah, no, I thought that I like that. I like the game a lot. Mm -hmm. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was. It did anything spectacular Jeez. per se. Alex is like the Simon Cowell yeah, of our... <laughs> What I don't like about that one is. Right, let I, me explain to you why you're a knob. <laughs> I didn't think the different cubes really did anything spectacular. How many times have you played it? Two or three times with it. Okay, so you've seen two or three different variations? That's what I'm saying, but yeah. the variations weren't that different. They weren't that you know, the green in this one gave you two spaces and a jump, and in that and the other one it gave you a jump in two spaces, for example. Um eh, I feel like that didn't do that. I just felt it was very like it didn't matter which cards you put up. There wasn't I a mean, lot of I mean you're still going to race and they still work. So, I mean it, it still felt like they all worked together. So, none, felt, of, none of the cards jumped out as being overpowered. And then I felt like you always wanted like the top gear. I think uh the the dark gray is one of the best ones to always get because they're usually dark gray around the whole map. But then the black, the highest gear, the black cube. Maybe if it had isn't necessarily the best one always. Maybe if it had more like initial D, like where you had to stop so many times and turns uh, and uh, things like that. Formula Form D. Formula D. Like yeah. Formula D, but it's just get the fastest cube, run around as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't do that though, because remember when you use those higher gears, there's a lot of um, you get a lot of wear on wear your car, on your and, and then so you, you get these worthless yeah. brown cubes that you have to throw into your bag. And then there's you have to find a pit crew to, in order to get rid of those. All right, so the next game on our list is Hyperborea. This is 
Well, I got the game. I remember I owned it for a while because, again, it's a deck builder plus. So there was a board and there was five different factions. Each faction had its own special power. You Each cube represented a different aspect of a society. So the red was war, the blue was culture, the green was science, whatnot. I'm totally getting the colors wrong, but whatever. Uh, and you're building your society, quote unquote, through the bag builder. And then when you pull cubes out, there was minis on the board that you're moving around and taking over spaces and spreading your culture throughout the board. I think your game is the one I was thinking of. When I asked you, was this the one that had like the, for Path of Light and Shadow? I think that your game that you're explaining now is the one I was thinking of. It might be. It's pretty fam- It's a pretty famous game. They made it, I think they made one expansion for it. But again, you're each cube... And you needed, like, two cubes to do things. So when you pull out the cubes, you can take up a space and hope that the other cube shows up later on. Or maybe it didn't, or you spend it on something else because something happened on the board. It was a really interesting take on the Bag Builder Plus. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Orleans. It's another Bag Builder game. And this one we kind of uh, talked about a little bit at the beginning is... You get different workers, and so as you're buying workers, you're putting them into your bag. So each worker, when they come out, can do specific things. Um, there's different actions that need to but need to be done, and this guy can only do this action, but this one does really well at this other action. It's been a long time since I played, so I really don't remember which the workers it, are and what yeah. they do. You know, I've actually never played Orleans. Me neither. My which, brother owns is, it. Yeah, which is funny because it's one of those games where everyone's just like, oh, it's one of those like you have to play it at least once games. And I, I think, think I think I've played it once, and that was enough for me. And I just didn't enjoy. It may have been the people I was playing with, but I just didn't really enjoy it very much. Yeah, I think it's been it's been around for a while now, so it doesn't really come out that much anymore. So by the time I was really getting into the point where I would have played a game like Orleans, no one was really playing it, I guess, because everyone is all right. Well, this has been around for years already. Let's move mm-hmm. on to something else. And that's our list of ones that we're all talking about. But we each grabbed th- uh, two to three that we just wanted to talk about that. We it's either one of our favorite ones or just does something. It's our standout games. It's the it's ones, the ones that we, like, we the like the best. It does something a little more unique. Sean, you want to grab one first? Yeah. So I actually put Clank uh, on mine first. Uh, we've actually been playing through Clank Legacy. I will kind of I'll highlight a little bit. I don't want to spoil anything for the Legacy version, but Clank essentially is one of those games where it's like it's deck builder plus. You know, you start mm-hmm. off with you know your your basic deck. Uh, that and your resources are movement, purchase, you know, buy, and it was skill it's was the other one or something like that. Fighting, so fighting, movement, fighting, and skill. Yeah, and skill is what you use to buy new cards essentially, and that's what you build your deck with. But there's also the element of having the map there, so it's got a dungeon crawl point where you're going down into this dungeon. Well, the theme is you're four thieves going into the dragon's lair to steal. His loot. And he is not happy about it. He is not happy at all about it. No. So there's two levels to the map. There's the top level and the bottom level. The top layer level, you're like still in the city. And then in the bottom level, you're in the dungeon. Dun, dun, dun. And if you die in the dungeon, your score is zero. That's never fun. You have to make it at least back to the surface. So what you're trying to do is go down, grab some treasure, and make your way back out. But obviously the further down you go the better the treasure is. Yeah, but the more danger you're in. (laughs) So as you're building your deck and everything, there's the dragon that Mm -hmm. certain cards will activate and you're pulling cubes 
out of a bag. Uh, the cubes get in the bag when you um, make clank. Make clank. Make clank. And that's typically noise, and you're doing things that's upsetting the dragon, and it's just called generically clank. And you put the cubes in a certain little area on the map, but then once the dragon comes to attack, all the clank that has been accumulated gets dumped in the bag, and so the person has to draw typically three to five cubes out of the bag, and that clank turns into your life. So every time your clank gets pulled out of the bag, you get wounded. After ten wounds, you die. Yeah, and as as the dragon gets more and more angry, whenever that happens, you pull more and more cubes out of the bag. So it's like the, the game escalates real quickly because if someone grabs a treasure and then gets out, then like the dragon just starts rampaging. And... Well, on your turn, instead of taking your turn and playing cards, you just get to attack people with the dragon. Once you make it all the way out. Once you make it all the way out. Or or die. So some people will run in there, grab the first treasure, and get out. And then works, just... The and just... Dragon attack everybody else. Yeah. So, I guess one of the rules to the game is when you're down in there, you're just grabbing a bunch of small treasures as you can, getting some useful tools and items and buying cards that'll give you points. But then there's five or six just big treasures, and they're called um, artifacts, I think is artifacts. what they're called. And you're only allowed to carry one artifact by rule. There's some things that change that. But by rule, you're allowed one. So, you can either grab the cheap 7.1 and grab and go, or you can delve deeper and i think 30 points is the biggest one but if you get all the way to the bottom you got to get all the way out and every time one of the artifacts has been uh picked up that dragon you move the dragon down the dragon tag track and get a little angrier and yeah. i think this is one of those rare games that can probably be on any one of our lists mm-hmm. oh yeah see how we've all talked about it we well, was, i think we all because i have the legacy one and the legacy one it, it's it's clank especially it's the first couple of games and it's it just it's adds amazing. a really cool story, and they add a few things from the generic or from the D and D world mm-hmm. that make the legacy game a lot more fun. But it's, it adds a really fun story to it. And I don't know tell, if I've mentioned this, but it's amazing. It is really good. Too. Both my uh, my mom has played with her group of friends. My brother's played with her, his group of friends. We're in the middle of playing it. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it is. Yeah. So anybody who sits there, anybody who sits there is like, oh, I don't like legacy games because of this or that reason. Play Clank, play the Legacy. It and, yes. if, and if you don't own Clank, try the Legacy game. And it, at the end, this is when, a, and I just assumed that because of the way it's been playing so far, it's going to play as a really good custom. generic, con- customized Legacy uh, Clank game at the very end. Yeah, when a lot of the Legacy games we've played, like yeah. when you're done, oh, you can play it again. No, you can't. It's not going to be. Yeah, but no. this one feels like you can actually play it as a real Clank game. And it should be fun as a right. regular Clank game. Yeah, like once mind. you finish the story, you have a fully functional Clank game. Well, there's a cat again. And Xander's destroying things. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, Clank Legacy, highly recommended. Lots of fun. Uh, if you already have Clank, and you just kind of want to get Get a the friend story, who does it to buy get, Legacy. Yeah, get a friend who doesn't have it. I don't know if it pays to buy it. The storyline and everything is worth it. If I I own Clank, not only do I own Clank, you own all the Clank. I own all the Clank, and I'm gonna take a moment right now to ask Renegade Games to please stop making Clank, because I don't listen to him. He's my box. My box is full. I have like four maps in there, eight different minis, and you have the wooden insert. I have the wooden insert. I have so many cards. There's about a, so what I'm hearing inch. is come out with a custom box. Oh, fit all the expansions. the big box. If they do that, then I'm okay. (laughs) The next expansion needs to be the big box expansion. The big box expansion. One clank to hold them all. Yeah. That would probably be something they actually name it, though. Now, something about clank we haven't talked about, I think all of us have played, but no one owns, is 
Clank in Space! So I've played Clank in Space. It's not as good. You think so? I don't like it as much. It has the modular map. I can appreciate that, that it's not always the same map. It's not map. always the same map, so you get in a different map each time. You can put the think, three or four different pieces right. in different ways. And it does change a little bit because you have to do two things before you can get out. So it right. changes something a little bit there. And you have to get to your escape pod. Yeah, I never played the in space version. Played no, space I played one. was it Atlantis or something like that? There's, there's a couple different that's, maps. Uh, Those are expansions. Those are yeah, maps. Like I that's played the Clank in Space. But... Clank in Space is a completely different game. Yeah, you, no, can, I never you can't the combine them. Yeah, I never. I don't think the jokes are as there on sci-fi. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of the flavor text in it. But, but maybe it's because we're not giant sci-fi people. That's true. Maybe someone who likes sci-fi more would appreciate that more and more. Right. I, might, I might get some of them. So that was Clank, Clank Legacy, and Clank in Space. All right, so one of my favorites, which was a huge sleeper hit for me personally, was Tyrants of the Underdark, Dungeons and Dragons deck building game. I bought it. It was on sale at again Wonko's one one year. Wonko's local friendly game. Wonko's store. local friendly game store here. I'd like to support our local, and um, it just blew my mind. It's an amazing, amazing game. So in this game, it's based on the Dark Elves of Dungeons and Dragons. So if you've ever read the Drist storyline, a lot of the names of the family houses come out in that. It's a four-player game. Each person is a house. There's a map like Risk style with different areas to control. Each person has its own their own little shields. Uh, even the sculpts of each shield is different. I really appreciate things like that. You, it comes with eight half decks. So you're supposed to grab two half decks, mix them together. Those are the decks that you have for the for the game. Is it eight or four? I don't remember. I played this with you like yeah. I played it with you a couple of times, but it's been. A I think long it's eight with the expan- I think it's eight, six or eight with the expansion. But so you mix these together, so you can always change the flavor just a little bit. So you can have like dragons and dark elves or undead mm-hmm. and dark elves or undead and dragons or uh, spirits and uh, elementals and dragons. So each deck has just a little just a little flavor difference. And what I really like about it is you have the deck building aspect to it and you have the risk aspect to it. So it's just like, you know, you're putting dudes on the map, not even dudes, little shields on the map that represent your armies and you're spreading out throughout the underworld trying to take over as many places as you can and it has the same thing you were talking about with um the egyptian game the lost the tomb valley of the, of the, kings. the valley yeah. of the kings where tomb it. well some cards let you uh promote cards it's called promoting here mm-hmm. so when you promote them you take them completely out of your deck but they're worth triple the points pretty yeah. much Depending on the card, you might, you may or may not want to do Lose that. Lose the action on the card, yeah. but but it's an. If you guys have not tried Tyrant of the Underdark, I can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely it's one of one my top. It took 10. me a little while to figure out because it's like one of the first area control games I played. So I was doing the deck building, but I was like, okay, what about the area control and how do I do it? And the more I played it, the better I got at it. But just being able to have to use those cards in a couple different ways to put them not only in the space but also. And I forget what it's called to actually put them in. There's like a little track underneath each of the areas as well. Isn't there? Track? I thought there was like three little spaces under each of the areas. Oh, Maybe. those are just like where your soldiers go. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you you deploy them there. Mm-hmm. So there's also like you can control it. So if there's an area with three spaces, 
you can you put one one guy there, you control it, you get half points. Yeah. But if you fill it up, you own it, you get double points. So there's lots of lots of different ways to score in that game, lots of different ways to lots of strategy uh, and tactics, mm-hmm. maneuvering your troops, moving them around, uh, getting those right combination cards is really important in that game. Yeah, I remember having fun. I was in the same boat though. Like it took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around doing the deck building thing and doing the area control thing. So I think that first game we played, I was like, I, 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 I took me like most of the game. Like, oh, all right, I, I'm kind of getting this now. And I think we played it one other time, but you haven't played it since. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the ones I want to talk about is called Quacks of Quinlanburg. It was uh, nominated for the Kinderspiel de Jar. It's um, more of a bag builder, pool builder, where you're uh, getting ingredients and putting them into a bag. And a lot of uh, there's also a good push up mechanic on this one because as you're pulling the ingredients out, you're filling your potion. But there's one ingredient that you start with a whole bunch of, and if you get there, are cherry bombs, and if you get eight or more cherry bombs, your potion explodes, and there's a negative side effect to that. But being able to buy more ingredients that are going to trigger off each other, they're randomly going to pull out of your bag, and hopefully you get to see most of them each time because depending on how far along the track you are, how many cherry bombs you've pulled out, you might not want to keep pulling. Uh, I have the expansion to it, too, that adds just a little bit more. It has a couple other little things to it. But I really enjoyed the Quacks of Quinlanburg. That's one of those games, the first time I played it, I was like, hey, this is fun. And then the 18th time, I was done with. Um, mm-hmm. compl- it's really light. It's really random. It, there's not a lot of... The pusher luck mechanic isn't really there, in my opinion. It's, I mean, it's it's just after two or three plays, you've played the game, you saw every it everything you can do. There's nothing. There are different spell books. The replayability comes in with the spell books, so there's several different sets of spell books. So you can do set number three, and it comes with, I think, there's eight or six or eight different ingredients that come in the game. And when you use spell book three, all of them work a little bit differently. And then, kind of like we were talking about with automobiles, and then if you spell book four, all of them just work a little bit different from that one, but they do work together. So the way they grouped each of the spell books, they work to well together. And the game does work the same no matter which spell books you use. But the strategy might you might buy more greens this game and more blues this game depending on what spells what uh, each of the potions do. But I enjoyed Quacks of Quinlanburg quite a bit. Like I said, it's enjoyable, but. Two or three times. I think when it came out, everybody in our group had a copy and everybody mm-hmm. wanted to try it and play it. And it just, there's not enough game in it for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had the same thing. I was like, everybody had it. So it just got burnt out really fast. Mm-hmm. So the next one I have on my list is Hero Realms slash Star Realms. Because they're it's the same. Game. Pretty much the same exact <laughs> game. Star Realms is a space theme. Hero Realms is a fantasy theme. Well, I will make one distinction. When Isn't Hero Realms the one where you actually get a class? You do, yeah. That and wasn't the, tr- the case at first, though. But, like, yeah. So that's why. I, that's also why I like Hero Realms a little bit better. Yeah. They eventually added in um, additional packs that you can get where now instead of just being generic, you actually get your own little personal deck. And, like, let's say I'm a paladin. You're a wizard. You could be a thief. And you get, like, a special power. And then you get a couple of cards that are unique to you. You know, nothing that's completely overpowered. And then the rest of it is pretty much the same generic, except the artwork is more, is tailored toward towards your character. 
So this is one of those games where there's the market of cards, um, and it's one of those similar ones where you try to want to get sets of cards where there's, you know, there'll be multiple, like, let's say, like a red, green, blue, orange, and yellow cards, just for argument's sake. You know, and the more red ones you have, they tend to synergize well together. But you can't just necessarily go all red because then you're going to be losing out on some other really good things. Like the green cards will typically let you heal. The red cards typically boost your attacks. So you could try to go all in on one, but if there's no cards out there for it and you're trying to like really... You have to synergize or equal out. Yeah, you have to try to balance it out. But you don't want to be too diverse because if you just buy up anything and everything... You're just you're not going to draw things in any kind of pattern that's going to be useful to you. Mm -hmm. But with these games, you are it's it's everybody against each other. I mean, you could play teams. I know they just came out with like a leg or story kind of box. Yeah, there's it. a campaign to it, and there's like bad guys where you can cooperatively fight against. Yeah. So there is different modes to Hero Realms. Yeah. Which is why I like Hero Realms a little bit better than Star Realms. Yeah. At at the core, it's you're fighting against each other, you know, we're attacking each other, you know, whoever, you know, you have your little your your life bar. Once it's down and once you're at zero, you're dead, I win, yay me. Uh I honestly don't know what the campaign is like. That was something that came out um well after I bought the game. So I'm not sure what the campaign is. I heard it was really cool actually, the campaign. I've just never actually played it. Because we have so many other campaign things yeah. and legacy games that we're playing Gloomhaven. now. Gloomhaven. Yeah, Gloomhaven, Clank. Me and you were going through Arkham, the card game. And there's just so many at this point. Trying to work in another campaign game would just be a nightmare. But yeah, but that is uh, Hero Realms and Star Realms. So the problem I have with Hero Realms, and I have this with a lot of just beat them up, beat each other up, is we played, I think we played one time four players. Three of us decided to gang up on one person. Two of us decided to gang up on the other one. And then it just became a one versus one. So games like that, I really see more as they're two-player games. Yeah, it's it's mostly a two-player game. That's relatively easy to mitigate, though. So when I play four players, I will usually play that like you are... Your natural ally is the person sitting across from you. So you can only attack the person to your right or to your left. You can attack the person across from you. That would help out. So, and then this way, like, so you're almost kind of working together, but then once one person's eliminated, that dynamic changes a little bit now. So now it's just like, so it's, it's, way, there's ways to mitigate There's ways it. to mitigate it, but that game is played best at two. Mm. I mean. I've mostly heard it as a two-player game as well, so. It, yeah, it's, it definitely works better as a two. You'd have to really make sure you're not playing with, you know rude people that are just because that just kind of ruins the game if everyone just gangs up on one all right so the next one on my list is a quest for el dorado which is a deck building racing game uh you lay out a map of hex tiles in front of you and the object of the game is to get to el dorado the quickest and you're doing that through buying cards and using those cards either to buy more cards or using those cards to get through the different terrains you're using the machetes to get through the forest using the coins to work your way through the little villages, you're using the boat paddles to cross the rivers and the lakes. Um, but there's a lot of special powers that you can do with those as well. There's some cards that are super powerful that you get to use one time, and there's some cards that are just all right, but you get to use them the whole game. Uh, I bought the expansion to this one, and the expansion adds um, a tavern you go to right at the beginning, and the tavern is full of just overpowered cards. And you're allowed to go to it once, and you get this one really nice overpowered card that you get to use throughout the game. 
And then if you never decide to fire him and get rid of him, he has a, a super good power, but then you have to get rid of the card. He's like, I'm going to do all the things, and then run away. He's done. Yeah, Eldorado was a lot of fun. This is another one I really liked. First time I played it was with, with uh, was, I think it was Scott. Scott. Yeah, was he likes time. that one too, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a really good one. I, I remember when you when you got the expansion, I was like, all right, this makes it way better. Yeah, with the the tavern. And you start with a unique person in your group. You have a leader in your group that works really well. Then you go to the tavern and get another one. And... Yeah, the first time we played this was at BGG Con with Dominic from... Somewhere. Oh, Dominic's from North Star? From North Star Games. Yes. Yeah. And the German uh, Spiel Judges. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were, learning, how... we were learning about it. We were playing the German because yeah. all the cards were in German. So they we had a piece of paper with all the with all the English <laughs> rules to it, too. So that was a lot of fun. Having the, I love, that's one of the best things I love about going to BGG Spring is having the Germans teach all the games for the Spiel de Jars. That's, yeah. how we, that's how we found out about Clever Dice. Yeah, very Clever Dice. Yeah. <laughs> And then Lama. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Alex, you got a new, another one? The last one on my list is... Because, I mean, on my list would be Clank and The Road to El Dorado. But yeah. you guys took them. So the last one is uh, Altoplano. Mm-hmm. So this is a bag builder where you're getting chits. And I did get rid of this one. And designers... Don't put chits in bags. That feels weird to reach in there and grab a little piece of cardboard. And yeah, uh, the Quacks of Quinlanburg had the same problem, just super light cardboard chips, and I ended up getting coin capsules for buying. But yeah, they also sell the upgrade on the BGG market, but do. I couldn't justify the cost of more than the game for fancy bits. Yeah, but and, the capsules work really well. Yeah, and this was before I knew about those caps, mm-hmm. or I, I knew about the capsules because of coins, but it never occurred to me so to put, put a piece of cardboard to put in a there. piece of cardboard in there. But you're building, so you're a traveler in Peru, and you're going around these lands trying to make your fortune, pretty much. Lots of, uh, as many victory points as you can. And there's various locations, and you're combining, in each location, there's a combination of chits that you can use to do something. So you go over here, and you grab some raw resources, some raw resources, and then you go over here, and you combine them to more expensive resource, and then you go store it and score points with it. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun, real brain burner. Figuring out the right way, right path to take around because you could only move one or two steps. So yeah. You, so there's a big circle of, like, I think, eight different locations. Yeah, and it, was, it was a real, like, brain burner. I need to get those right raw resources to be able to get back to this place to turn them into good resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember yeah. we played, the, at least when I played this with you, we played it at BGG. And I remember... <coughs> Just start that over. So I remember when when I played this with you, we actually we played this at BGG, but one year like it was last year. Whenever whenever we all went, and I remember, I mean, it was fun. I rem, I'm try, I just remember it being too long, and it, it maybe because we were learning it. But I remember after a while, like okay, I, I'm I'm kind of done with this at this point. Like this is. <laughs> It's definitely a long Euro thinky mm-hmm. game. And I think we played towards the end of the evening, and we're learning it as well. Because you you have to go get the resources, combine them, and store them. So there's several steps, and for the game to end, I think two or three resources have to be completely gone. But if people aren't getting resources fast enough, the game could drag on. So that was another problem with the game that it is a long longer game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was one of the, and for, for what it was, I enjoyed it. I just, for what it was, it was just a little bit too long for me. Like, I wouldn't mind playing it if it was like 25, 30 minutes shorter. Yeah. 
that would, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. Cut that part out. You need change? I need change. I do need right. change. Do your next, do your last one. All right, so the last one on my list is Bloodborne the card game. It is based on the video game Bloodborne, which is awesome game. It's like a Dark Souls type of game. But Bloodborne the card game, it, it takes the deck building mechanic and it, it does it in a really unique way. So it's everyone again, you start with everyone starts with the same the same deck of cards. There are now expansions that have come out that give you like these runes that give you like a special power. They kind of like alter how you might play. But everyone gets the same deck of cards. Uh, the way that it goes though is the game goes through in these phases where, you know, at one point everyone picks one card from their hand and it's Different in the sense that you have access to all of your cards. You're not like drawing from the deck. You have them all in your hand already. Mm -hmm. And you pick one, and then it's one, two, three, everyone reveals. And then the cards will typically trigger in turn order, but there's some cards that don't. And what you're trying to do is we are, it's a competitive game, but it's cooperatively competitive. Yeah. Because you have to. Make sure that bad guy doesn't kill you, but you have to score more points than everyone else. Yes, like you, we're all trying to kill the, you know, the the bad guy. We're all trying to kill the monster, but you're trying to kill him just a little bit more. <laughs> we're gonna kill you the best. Yeah, and they have a limited amount of life, and every point of damage that you do, you take a, a blood echo, is what they're called. You take which a, are one of the coolest components I've seen in a game. It's just this cool red color with a white swirl, and it's shiny. And they look pretty. Yeah, they're pretty, pretty cool. cool. Um, so yeah, so you, you, you get to take blood echoes, but then that's where the turn order thing happens where if you're last in turn order, ah, like you have to be able, like if you damage them and there's no blood echoes, you get nothing. So you have to try to play the right card and the deck building comes into it is you don't actually have those points until you bank them. And the way that you bank them is to go into, they call it the hunter's dream. Mm -hmm. And when you're in there, you have to hopefully survive the, you know, the, the fight there. And then you get to take all your points, you get to bank them. So that's it. Now you can't lose them because if you die before you bank them, they're gone. Welcome to Dark Souls, my friends. <laughs> but yeah, so and then but while you're there, there's upgrade cards that are available. And every time you go into the Hunter's Dream, you get to choose an upgrade card and add it to your deck. And those cards are way better than what you start with. I remember that. Yeah, so your deck never gets like tremendous. You may only add six cards to them, seven at most, probably seven era era eight but you know those cards make a big difference in in how the deck plays and, and what you're going to do and what you can do that is a really strange game i remember the first time playing it because you forced us to just thinking this is the dumbest game ever until in about halfway through, halfway through <laughs> once, wait a second. once the strategy and everything clicks in your head you're like i get what i'm supposed to do and it becomes a really fun game because there is that cooperative, competitive aspect to it that completely changes the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's at the beginning of the game, like every game plays for the most part the same. You're going to be fighting different monsters. At the beginning of the game, you pick a boss that you're going to fight. Uh, and that changes the game a little bit. You know, it's like these little nuances to it. You randomly select three mini bosses. That changes it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But overall, the game still you know flows about the same and the the monster I mean, deck is the yeah timer. this guy has eight points this guy has seven and he's gonna hit you for two instead of one but yeah so yeah. the variability is there but it's just not a whole lot of variability yeah there's a couple that i just won't play with like there's so the game there's no player elimination in this game if you die you just you, you lose whatever points you didn't bank you automatically go to the hunter's dream you just don't get to pick a no. Or, or no, you pick an upgrade but you have to pick last respawn and keep going and then you respawn and keep going one of the bosses says if you die three times 
you're eliminated from the game. Uh, Which I was like, eh, I don't, I don't really like that. I mean, if you're dying three times, most likely the game's almost over anyway. Mm-hmm. But that still kind of sucks that you just spent an hour. And the game's only 45 minutes about, 45 minutes to an hour. But to spend 45 minutes playing a game and then just to be eliminated at the end stinks. So I don't like playing with that boss. Uh, the last one I'm going to talk about is a set of games, Coyers and Dice Masters. Coyers is a game by Eric Lang, and it's um, the roots for the game Dice Masters, which ended up being like a CCG, but for dice. And the way this game works, at least the Coyers, is you have a market of cards, and there's just one card, but each card has five dice. And you buy the dice from the card. So as you put the dice in your bag... You'll roll them, but you have to reference the card to figure out what those dice do. And kind of like we were talking about with automobiles, this special dragon die has three or four cards. And as you pull that card for this specific game, the dragon die will do something a little different than if you pull a different card for the dragon die. Um, but the, it's a feels kind of like magic where you're like rolling the dice, putting your guys in front of you, and you have to attack the person across from you or the, to the right and to the left. And then as you're attacking them, they have to defend it. And then they'll stay out for a little bit. And if you if they're still alive at the beginning of your turn, they'll score, I think, um, they score points. I think it's glory points for that game. Um, but on each of the die, there is either a monster on most of the faces, and some of them are stronger than others. So if you roll really well, it's a really strong monster. Or some of them have, I think, Quay, Q-U-A-Y. And that's the money or the influence to get more um, dice into your pool. And as you discard them, you pull more out of the bag for the next turn. Um, it's an enjoyable game. It's just very, very quick. It plays very quickly, which unfortunately I think is a downside for this game. I wish it was just a little bit longer because you only have a chance, only get four or five turns, so you're not getting a whole lot of dice into your bag. And it just doesn't feel like a complete game. It should be just a few more points to get a little bit more. Um, but it was the inspiration for Dice Masters, and the Dice Masters hit off really well. For many years, it was just a super popular game. I've never actually played it, but I heard that they just the mechanics from Coyers flew into flew into flowed into Dice Masters. Yeah, it to pretty much did. I've I've played Dice Masters when I played Coyers. Honestly, when when you made me play Coyers, I thought it was Dice Masters. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Dice <laughs> Masters. I played this before, and they're like, no, it's Coyers. I'm like, it's what? Yeah, it's <laughs> just the the parent to it. Yeah. So, but yeah, but Dice Masters does play very similarly. Um, the only thing I don't like about Dice Masters that I like about Quarriers above it is that it's just all in the box. Dice Masters adding the collectible it's aspect the CCG to it. where you have it to just, buy the yeah, I'm like, buy I'm the not decks and doing the, that. Like that's get the rare dice or even though you have that one die that does something, you can get a card that does something a little bit better. Or even if you found the one you like, you have to find three or four of them. To put into your deck to make it worth getting. Yeah, that's why I'm like, eh, I, I didn't like the collectible aspect of it. Like, I kind of, I, I fell off from that a long time ago when I stopped playing Magic. Yeah, I did buy the Ninja Turtles Dice Master game, and it's supposed to be just an all-inclusive two-player game in that box. I've just never pulled it out and learned the rules for it. I bought it because it was Ninja Turtles. No, yeah, there you go. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I would get that, honestly, if, if they had, like, the all-in-case thing. But, like, I'm not jumping into, like, a collectible thing. But Quarters is cool. I like Quarters. Alright, other news, boys and girls. We have a winner of our War, War of Whispers plus another secret game that I'm including uh, from my shelf. Um, so it's, it is a Stronghold Games game that I'm going to include with War of Whispers for this person. 
but it's secret until they post it on Twitter. Tell us off the air. I'll tell you off the air. Oh, that's fair. But the uh, winner is came from Twitter, Terrence. I already sent him a message, right. so for him to email us, so we can uh, fix up our sync up our shipping with him, mm-hmm. and he's gonna get War of Whispers plus another new to him from the shelf of the Lone Star Meeple game. We also got a another giveaway coming up because I like giving things away. Yeah, that's right. So we have our friends over at Braddock and Company. Uh, Braddock and Company. Is you could find them over on Etsy. They make custom wood engravings. Uh, they could do some custom game components. Uh, for they're you. out of Waco, Texas. They are out of Waco, Texas. They, so local enough to us. They contacted us after our upgrades uh, podcast, and they've been working back and forth with us to create some custom stuff for us and to give away. Mm-hmm. They did. They made us some pretty awesome Lone Star meeples and uh, a Lone Star meeple flag. So pretty good stuff, but we do have a giveaway from them. Are we? Are we? Are we going to keep this one a surprise? It's, it's, it's going to be a surprise, but I'm going to tease it on Twitter. So I'm going to be taking really close-up pictures and see who can figure out what it is we're giving away. And yeah. we're going to post this contest probably within the next couple. Um, post this contest within the next couple podcasts or so. We'll That's probably right. start in November and yeah. go all the way till December. Sounds good. To a me. nice little Christmas present. End of the year. End of the year with yeah. a bang. So, but Braddock and Company, go ahead and check them out on Etsy. It's, uh, they're re- really good folks. They do amazing work. We'll post pictures of the meeples they sent us. Yeah, I was thrilled with the stuff that we got. Yeah. And last, if you are want to get at us, we are on Facebook, The Lone Star Meeple, Twitter, The Lone Star Meeple. Instagram at The Lone Star Meeple. That's right. Very easy. On the Everything. Gram, the Gram, the book, and the... What was the other one? Uh, the, 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 the Twits. The Twits. The Twitters. 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 We're going to go with Twitters. Not the Twits. The Twitters. <laughs> right, um, um, email. Gmail. Uh, email. Gmail. The Lone Star Meeple. Get at us. Ask us your questions. If you want us to review your game, if you want us to make a how to play video. If uh, you have a question to ask us that we'll talk about. And... Maybe make fun of you for asking. No, we no, never make fun of anyone. Never. I'm going to make fun of you. I'm not going to make fun of anyone. That not, no. that we have like 40 listeners. We're not going to make fun of any of them. <laughs> Get at us. It's always the Lone Star Meeple. Uh, speaking of listeners, if you've uh, listened to a few of these podcasts and enjoy it, throw a like and a comment on where you heard it from. If you're on the Apple Podcast, go to iTunes and do it. If you're on uh, Spotify, click like and leave a comment for us. And that will just help other people find this podcast. We are tremendously enjoying doing this. We're eight episodes in. We would love to keep doing this. So let us know what you think. Hit us up. Let us know. Cool. And if not, then thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we will see you guys next time. All right. All right. So this is music plays. This is music plays. We keep talking. We're thinking about what are we we playing? Yeah, we like this.